0: We're studying the story of our great redemption, and uh, you need to go back to get a clear understanding of what we're studying and look at all these different uh, teachings that we've done on this. Acts 2.27, in the preaching of Peter on the day of Pentecost, he said, and he preached, actually quoting the book of Psalms, chapter 16 and verse 10, Because you will not leave my soul in Hades. Nor will you give your Holy One to see corruption. And he said this referred specifically to Jesus. And you will not leave my soul in Hades. Uh, the word Hades there is the same word that's used for the hell or a Hades of flames and torments that the wicked rich man was taken to in Luke chapter 16, verse 22 and 23. That's where Jesus was suffering for three days and three nights for us until God the Father brought him up out of there and Jesus' soul was released from the torturous pains of the realm of the dead. Now, you remember Jesus said that just as Jonah, Matthew 12, 40, just as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the center of the earth, in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. So Jesus was there. In hell, suffering for us, what we would have had to suffer because hell was the place that every human being was destined to go. That is, every human being without God. But thank God Jesus suffered for us, and now no human being needs to go there if they'll receive the free gift of salvation that Jesus provided for us. We've been looking at Jesus' suffering. Spiritual death on the cross and being ushered into hell itself, and we discussed a number of things. And now we're looking at the Messianic Psalm, Psalms eighty-eight, verse three of Psalms eighty-eight says, and it couldn't be talking about anybody else. And you need to understand that. And as you go through here, you'll see how this this meshes, this connects directly with the great chapter of our redemption in Isaiah chapter fifty-three. And and the language reminds us very much of this chapter, even from the very start. Verse 3, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to the grave. Well, this is exactly what the prophet Isaiah said about the soul of Christ in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 11, when God the Father saw the travail of the soul of Jesus. Now keep reading in Psalm 88, verses 4 through 6. I am counted with those that go down to the pit. Now, this is an important word. This word pit here is the word, Hebrew word bor. It's the same and it means exactly the same thing as the Greek word that's translated pit, where in Revelations chapter 9, it talks about the bottomless pit and they both talk about it being like a cistern that you it's it's a very narrow space that people when they depart this life go down into that space and end up in a cavernous cavern like place of death and torment and this is what it's talking about here and he says i'm like a feeble man free among the dead like those slain that lie in the grave whom you remember no more, and by your hand they are cut off. Now watch this. This verse 6, Psalms 88. You have laid me in the lowest pit. Now notice that word, lowest pit, in darkness in the deeps. And also notice that it's talking about two deaths here. It's talking about the grave, and it's talking about this lowest pit. It's just like Acts 2.27, where uh, the book of Psalms that Peter was quoting, he said, because you will not leave my soul in Hades, and you will not give your Holy One to see corruption. So that's talking about two forms of death, physical death, and death, spiritual death, and being in Hades, or the place of the departed dead. And here it's talking about the grave, And the lowest pit. Well, that word lowest there is a very interesting word. Now, I did some study on this. When you read this from the Greek translation of the Old Testament from Hebrew into Greek called the Septuagint. Usually you'll see it abbreviated as LXX. You'll find that it is the word katoteros. And katoteros is only used one time in the entire New Testament. And it's used in Ephesians 4 9 that we've repeated to you often. Ephesians 4 9 says that Jesus was in the lower parts of the earth. And that word lower is the word katoteros. And Strong's concordance says that it's the inferior. That word means the inferior and that it speaks of a locality, or locally, of Hades. And that's important for us to get. The lowest pit was hell, or Hades itself. And that's where Jesus was going, or where he went, for us. In the book of Revelations, it tells us about this bottomless pit, of smoke, demons, and darkness. And when you read this word, bottomless pit, of course, the word pit is um, is another word. It's it's the word frear, uh, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, from the Greek, and and frear is the same as that uh, Hebrew word bor, which means a cistern or a well. Um, and then bottomless is this word abyssos ab- or abyssus, however you want to pronou- pronounce that word which is translated, the abyss. That's what's important. And Romans chapter 10 and verse 7 says that Jesus came up from the dead out of the abyss. Now go study it out. And go look up at all the scriptures that talk about the abyss in the New Testament. And you'll find that this was the place of demons and death and darkness. It was the place of torment. That's right. For example, in Revelations chapter 9, verses 1 through 11 or 12, and then also Revelations chapter 20, verses 1 through 3, and you'll find out that the angel of the abyss was called Abaddon in Hebrew, or Apollyon in Greek. That's what it says, Revelations 9, 11. And Abaddon, it'll tell you in the book of Proverbs, look it up, it'll say that Abaddon and death talks about them in the same sentence. This is the place of death. This was the angel of death. This was the place of the dead. And when you study Revelations 9, you'll see that the bottomless pit was a place of, it was a furnace of fire and smoke and demons and darkness. Well, that's where my Jesus went for us. And he actually suffered all that hell had to offer for us so that we never have to go there. And all anybody has to do is accept, receive, and embrace his free gift of salvation. That alone can keep one from that terrible fate of death and hell. And later, all of death and hell will get thrown into the ominous lake of fire and brimstone, where there will be eternal wailing and gnashing of teeth, and where the worm never dies. That's what it says in Revelations chapter 20, verses 10 through 15. Revelations 21, 8. And also Mark 9, 43 through 48, and Matthew 13, 42, and 50. We talked about this on the previous one, but I wanted to repeat it to you again. This pit or a Hades is also called the place of blackness and outer darkness forever. And two references Matthew 25, 30 and 2 Peter 2, 17. Thank God Jesus suffered it all, so we don't have to go to hell. Thank God. Then it goes on to say in verse 7 of Psalms 88, Your wrath lies hard on me. You have afflicted me with all your waves. And then it uses the word selah, that some say it means stop and think about it. The wrath of God that we should have borne for our wickedness and the curse that was on us that came because of disobedience and sin. Jesus took it all and suffered it all so that we could be free from it. And thank God, Romans 5, 9 and 1 Thessalonians 1, 10 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 tells us that we have been delivered from the wrath of God. Thank God. That's redemption, folks. That's real freedom. That we're not appointed under wrath, it says. That's the great love plan of the Father for us. Now we can get in on the victory and redemption that Jesus provided for us. Isaiah 53 and verse 10, and notice how it connects with this. It says, yet, talking about Jesus, it pleased Jehovah to crush him, to make him sick. Now some translations will say to put him to grief. But if you look it up in the Hebrew, it's the same word that's translated sick in other parts of Isaiah 53 and the rest of the Bible. God crushed, bruised, and made sick his own son, not with any sickness or disease that he had of his own, not with any evil that he had of his own, but through a miracle, our death, our curse, our sin, our sickness was put on the Son of God. Thank God. And he suffered our death in our place so that we never have to be crushed or bruised by sin, sickness, disease, or the curse that's on this planet. Glory to God. God did that to his own son with your and my sickness and pains and spiritual death. He did that to him with our transgressions and everything that stood against our prosperity, wholeness, and health. That's what it means when it says that he took the chastisement of our shalom, our peace, in Isaiah 53 and verse 5. That's what my Jesus did for you and me. Amen.